Hi there. Welcome to Mountain Meister, the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank, and we say goodbye to 2015 and hello to 2016 on today's episode. It's our annual, well, second annual goals episode. You may remember this time last year, we laid out our 2015 goals, and we do it in this unique format where we create three goals of varying difficulty. We brought back Meister number 32, Garrick Robbins. He's an ultra marathoner and the man who originally proposed to me this idea. The, the entire goal of this exercise is we're going to map out three primary goals for next year. The first goal is one that possibly you've done before. It's not necessarily going to be easy to attain. You know you're going to have to work hard for it but you're fairly confident that you can do it. The second goal is one that's going to be a little bit more of a stretch. Maybe it's if you were to reach out for it, it's you can just tickle it with your fingertips. You're going to have to work really, really hard to do it. A couple of pieces are going to need to fall into place in order to accomplish it. But overall, it is attainable with some dedication. And the third goal is the one that no matter how far you reach, you're still not sure if you can touch it. Uh, it's going to take possibly a little bit of luck, maybe a tailwind on race day, favorable weather conditions if you're up in the mountains. Uh, it, it's likely going to require some permission from your wife or spouse. Um, and it's one that if you look long and hard in the mirror, you're not even sure if you can do it. You think there's a good shot, but you're going to have to work harder than you ever have before in order to have a chance to do this. So you've been doing this with your buddies for how long now? Oh, well, my, my group here in the Boulder area, we've been doing it for three years running now. And what we do every December is we meet up at a local microbrewery and we swap war stories of the past year. We gossip a little bit about the the endurance community. And then uh, we write out our goals for the next year according to this one two three format excellent and did you just get done with it i think you said last weekend we just did it on saturday night okay. and some of us were a little time crunched and as we're sitting there we're thinking all right hey let's get rolling but there are a few forces at the table that wanted to wait until a few beers were consumed <laughs> <laughs> to make the goals extra bold. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Before we look forward, let's look back. We brought in Rebecca Rush. She's a professional athlete, author, speaker, dog owner. Mountain Meister. <laughs> um, yeah, Mountain Meister. Kind of do a lot of different things. By looking back at what we accomplished or maybe didn't accomplish in previous years, that can help us determine what's important to us when making our goals for the future. Rebecca finished her book, Rush to Glory, in 2015, and that allowed her to do something similar. So we're talking about goals, and, and we're always looking forward. What's next? What's next? What, what can I do bigger, better, faster, stronger? And what was really cool about this book is I was forced to look backwards and go, you know what? I did some cool stuff. <laughs> and like, we never look back in photo albums anymore. We never go, go backwards and not yeah. to rest on my laurels, but the book forced me into that process of looking at like old eco challenge, climbing pictures, you know, climbing El Cap stuff that I hadn't revisited in a long time. And so I actually really like, you know, people have these bucket lists, but I really like having a reverse bucket list too. And the process of looking back over last year, like we're doing now and go, well, what did you do that was really cool? And then what are you going to do going forward? Last year, we wrote down our goals. And by looking at this reverse bucket list, as Rebecca calls it, you might find that along with these really cool things, there's a lot of failure. Failure is not necessarily bad, though. I actually feel like a failure is a precursor to success. And, you know, as many things as I have on my resume of, yeah, races I've won and woo-woo, and we all put on social media and all the great things that we're doing. So it looks like everybody is, you know, so perfect and happy and achieves all their goals. Um, but under the surface, you know, there's 10 times as many failures as there are successes. And I, I, I learn more from failing than, than I do from winning. If you achieve everything that you set out to, then, then maybe you're not pushing yourself hard enough and you know, you're not actually choosing those goals that, that make your hands sweat and that are scary. If you just pick stuff that you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can do that. 
uh, kind of cherry pick, then then they're not as you know maybe not as rewarding. Let's hear. Let's hear how you did. Are you? Are you ner- <laughs> it's it's almost as nerve wracking to tell people your results oh. than when you make the goal. So what happened? Well, I, I feel like I'm sitting out with my career counselor, or <laughs> I'm sharing my report card with my parents as a fifth grader. What happened, Garrett? Well, <laughs> I got one out of the three. Okay, which isn't that bad because in retrospect, those are pretty ambitious goals. And I had the Boulder Ironman in August and training went pretty well. And my goal, if you may recall, was to crack 12 hours doing that. Mm -hmm. And I did it. I finished just a few minutes slower than 11 hours. Wow. And, And most importantly, I had an amazing experience out there. It was so rewarding. The entire process of training for it, getting into the open water, conquering some of my fears of being in the open water. And then on race day, it was just the reward for all of the training. I had a smile nearly the entire time, saw lots of friends and family out there, and it was just a day to remember. That's cool. And that had nothing to do with your time anyway, right? No, it really didn't. I mean, I would have taken a very positive experience finishing in 15 and a half hours. That would have been great with me. The uh, Achieving my time goal was very much uh, extra credit. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a confession to make. I only completed one out of three of mine, too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, this might make you feel better. As we were all sitting around the microbrewery table on Saturday night, we realized that over the course of three years, not one of us had achieved our goal number three, the audacious goal. For me, my three goals, first one was running the Pittsburgh Marathon faster than I had run New York, and I did it. 3.26.26 was my New York time, and I ran Pittsburgh in three hours, 14 minutes, and 48 seconds. I was super excited about that. Uh, My second goal was to run a trail marathon, something I've never done, and I've still never done it. I did not even book a trail marathon, failed miserably, but it was a learning experience. I was planning on doing it uh, in the fall and train in the summer, and I realized that I don't like running during the summer. I'd rather do other things outside, so at least it was a learning experience. And the third one, my BHAG, was to go on a seven-plus-day expedition outside of this country to summit a really big mountain and nope didn't do that uh it would have taken a lot of effort and a lot of luck to make that happen which is characteristic of a big hairy audacious goal maybe sometime in the future we'll see i think it's easier for me to tackle goals that have you know where the the end result is real visible um and is is kind of easy to to see and feel. That's Gavin McClurg. He's a paraglider in Meister number 154. Gavin had a goal of being more mindful in 2015, and that's kind of hard to measure. Like meditation, there's no real right or wrong way. It's just to do it. It's just to be, you know, present. And I've, uh, I've always struggled with that. You know, in other words, I don't think the gains can really be um, as easily achieved or seen. Right, right. It's happening. It's you know, it's it's something that's um, it's a process. And so that's what I'm really working on. So for a a goal like that, that's difficult to measure because we try to make goals that are measurable. How do you keep yourself honest and make sure that you're doing it? Well, you know how they say, you know, a a habit takes, and I've read some different things lately, uh, a habit takes 21 days. False. False, Exactly. False, false. Yeah, the the latest is, what is it, 64 days or something, right? right? So, yeah. you know, I don't. I don't really. I, with with mindfulness, I don't really know the answer to that. I haven't really figured that out. You know, I mean, I think that. Um, I, I think if I just sit every morning and and do it, then uh, then I'm on the right track. And but it's pretty easy. It, you know, I'm pretty good at going. You know, two even three weeks of doing it, and then I'll blow it off a day, and then that's a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then then all of a sudden it'll be two weeks, and I haven't done it. And, and so um, this year, my real goal is just to be. Um, a lot better about you know doing it. There, there's there's also some data that says if you if you meditate you know for 15 minutes in the morning it'll make your day three times more efficient. So mm-hmm. I think you get a lot more done if you just give yourself that quiet time of just thinking about breath. So um, 
Yeah, that's that's my that's my little one this year. Although it seems like a big one. So here's a here's a little tip for you. One, one of my goals last uh, last year was to read ten pages a day um, in the morning every single day, and yeah. so I made a a calendar alert, or I blocked off a half hour from my calendar. Mm-hmm. and had it send me an email that said read 10 pages and I wasn't allowed I keep my email very organized and I wasn't allowed to delete that email from my inbox or mark it as read until I read my 10 pages and having that email in my inbox was the most annoying thing because all I wanted to do was delete it but I wasn't allowed to delete that until I read my 10 pages so that kind of kept me honest I love it that's fantastic mm-hmm. I'm going to do it yeah do I'll, that. Let you, I'll let you know how that goes in, in 2016 Now, why is making a measurable goal so important? One of the reasons is a concept called loss aversion. It basically means that humans are more motivated by avoiding a loss than they are achieving a gain. Rebecca Rush, who we heard from earlier, did a really interesting experiment with Red Bull's performance division. It illustrates loss aversion perfectly. At the end, we were doing the same four-kilometer time trials on this on a track, um, and they had all these wires and things ta- attached to us, and they were doing brain stimulation, which was really interesting. Like certain people were getting brain stimulation, and then some of us were getting placebo, and we never knew what was happening. And so, then the last time trial of the last day of a whole week of like really exhausting testing um, was uh, you're alone, and, and they put up this LED light that was your fastest time for the 4k on the track. And they just said, okay, we're, the lights going to, is your fastest time. Just try to beat the light. So, you know, rode around, rode around. And, um, you know, I was super disappointed because I was like, you know, a couple seconds behind the light. And uh, sure enough, they had, they had lied to us and the light was faster. So I ended up having my fastest time, my fastest time of the whole week when I should have been the most tired, um, just because I had a little something to chase. So by giving Rebecca something measurable, like that laser, loss aversion kicked in and she performed even better than she did when earlier in the week she was told to go as fast as she could. The laser allowed her to try to avoid a loss rather than seek a gain. When you make your goals, make sure you have something that you can avoid missing, like you want to get under a certain time, or you want to go over a certain mileage, or you want to do something every day, something that you can define. That will help lead to success, but there's no guarantee, as both Garrett and I saw. I'm curious, why did you fail for your second two, or for your second and third goals? Well, the... the very easy, convenient excuse would be run rabbit run fifties about a month and a half after Ironman. Mm. And I was a little banged up after Ironman and I wound up with a calf injury. But in all honesty, even if I were healthy, I'm not sure that I still had that, that burning passion to get back out there and log the heavy miles that you need to do to do a 50 mile mountain race. And then the third one, a five minute mile, uh, again, the injury is very convenient, but I need to be honest again and say, I don't know that I'm, I'm that excited about getting on a track and putting in that fast leg turnover work that's necessary to even see if I'm physically capable of running that fast. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, it sounds cool, but when it right. actually comes down to it, it takes a lot of work and who knows if it's even possible for you. Right. 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 Yeah. And that that passion, it's either there or it's not, isn't it? It's not a light switch. Garrett and I went one for three on our goals for 2015. How did you do on yours? Let us know on the discussion forum on this episode's page, mtnmeister.com. Coming up, we hear from you about your 2016 goals sort of a strange one that I'm sure other people have done. I'm totally willing to take off work or even quit my job to do that. I should convince my girlfriend to actually join me on one or the other little advanced hill hike there. 
Don't forget that you can help support Mountain Meister by going to mtnmeister.com slash support. You can pledge a monthly donation or a one-time donation, and we have a bunch of fun prizes for you to win if you do that. We also have our biannual outdoor retailer episode of Mountain Meister coming up. In the past, you'll know that we give away gear to the first person who says that they want it. Super easy, right? Except that you have a lot of competition from all the other people that want the free gear. So this time around, we're giving you a chance to get a leg up. You can purchase the episode's release date and the exact time. There are varying levels of information from $3 for the episode's date to $10 for the episode's date and the exact time. I'm not one to make guarantees, but if you spend 10 bucks on the exact date and the exact time, you'll likely walk home with something worth well over $200. Thus far, we have $5,000 of gear being given away on this episode, and there's more to come. mtnmeister.com. You'll see it on our homepage. And now, time for our 2016 goals. Here's Garrett. My first one, again, this is the one that should be attainable, although it's going to require a little bit of work. Uh, I'm going to take on a century bike ride next year. Cool. And this is something I've done before. I've, I'm really enjoying getting on the bike these days. It's just so gratifying to nibble off a lot of mileage. And it's it's good on my legs. And it, uh, it it's also complementing my running really well. Do you, have you booked anything? Do you know where it's going to be? I haven't, but it's really important for me to achieve these goals uh, to already register and be locked in. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I'm I'm already going to be looking for those century rides, and if anybody has any suggestions, I'm all ears. Yeah, we'll have a preferably discussion. here in Colorado. Well, okay, good. On the discussion forum, if you have a uh, suggestion for Garrett's century ride, post it for him on mtnmeister.com. Um, goal number two, Garrett. Okay, the second one is also here in Colorado. Uh, I, I really, as much as I loved doing the Ironman last year, I really missed being on the trails in the wilderness. And there's a wilderness area here in uh, in northern Colorado, actually, called the Never Summer Wilderness. It's just north of Rocky Mountain National Park. And there's a 100K trail race there called the Never Summer 100K. And in reality, it's anywhere between 65 and 67 miles. It's really a beast of a race. And I've already registered for it, and I'm locked in, and that's going to be my, my uh, big target race for next year. When is it? It's in July, July 23rd, I want to say. And is the nomenclature correct there, that it's never summer, even in July? I'm not sure. I'll okay. tell you, after I spend some time on that course, though, I, I know maybe on north-facing slopes, there could be some permanent snow. Yeah, cool. Let's see, And then the sub-goal for that, is uh, alongside one of my buddies, Eric Truey, uh, we're aiming to take down the master's record there. So a master's runner is anybody older than 40. And a good friend of ours named Brian Williams in the first running of the race last year set the master's record, and both Eric and I are targeting that. We want to take it down. So as a team, you're going to take it down. What, what about well, when it comes down to the, to the finish line and you guys are sprinting for it? Uh, a sprint at the end of a race that long is more of a shuffle but what we kind of penciled in when we were talking about this goal saturday night was let's try to help each other out for the first 50 or so miles and then all bets are off after that okay fair enough yeah anything goes elbow throws (laughs) dirty tricks Yeah. yeah good all right goal number three okay goal number three um so th- this is consistent with the run, bike, swim uh, mm-hmm. plan that I, I had to follow for the Ironman last year. Really loved mixing it up. Uh, it really helped me to feel athletic again. And my goal is to get in the water and swim a total of 62 miles during the year. So that's combined throughout the entire year. It'll amount to a little over a mile a week. Mm-hmm. And when you break it down like that, it, it seems very doable, but just knowing how training for other events gets in the way, uh, life gets in the way, business travel, it, if, I'm, if I'm on the road, does the hotel have a swimmable mm-hmm. pool? Um, a, a lot of things can hinder that, that goal, but that's, uh, that's my big number three, and I do think it's going to be a bit of a stretch. 
Something which helps me or has helped me complete some of these goals is to get into a routine. So you mentioned breaking it down weekly there. Are you going to try to do around one mile a week or is it going to be allocated differently? Yeah, yeah. And what what I've come to learn about myself is that I'm very much of a checklist person. Mm-hmm right down to what am I going to do today? What are my A priorities today? What are my B priorities? Very goal-oriented in in that way. And it's going to boil down to me creating a 2016 checklist where uh, I try to swim twice a week, and I I even create uh, a bit of a map that's going to help me to track my mileage and how much further I have to go to reach that 62-mile goal. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. We're all dying to hear your goals for next year. Yeah. So first goal, goal number one, and it's something that I've wanted to do ever since I moved to Boston. And it's really not that hard. It's just a matter of making time and doing it is to ride a bike to Walden Pond. Um, It is only an 18 mile bike ride, but it's something that I've always wanted to do and I've never written it down. So it's attainable. I just need to make time to do it. So I figured that would be a good baseline goal. Make sure I do it. Is that kind of a a must-do or a bucket list item that every Bostonian has to do? I would say anybody who's active in riding a bike around Boston probably wants to do that. You go on the Minuteman Trail for a little bit um, in Walden Ponds, obviously a pretty historic place. So. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say on the level of difficulty it's that high, um, but you know, I need to lay it out in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, 50-50 chance, and this is to pick up a consistent sponsor for the podcast. I'm going to wager that that is highly likely. As a, as a marketing professional myself, Ben, I could see tremendous value in partnering with you guys. My money's on it. Uh, Again, it feels really good. Uh, We'll see. But, but, I mean, it's kind of a lot of it is within my control, um, the amount of work that I put forward. But then there's something that's – there are a lot of pieces that are out of my control. Like you said, marketing budgets, timing. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And my third goal, the BHAG, which also happens to perhaps be the most important to me is to qualify for the Boston Marathon in 2017. What's your qualifying race going to be then? So the qualifying race, which I have already signed up for, is the Sugarloaf Marathon in Maine. Okay. Sounds hilly, but it's not hilly. It's in the valley. So is it is it an official Boston qualifier? It's an official because, Boston qualifier. Okay. I only ask because I believe if some marathons have too much downhill. Mm-hmm. It, they're not allowed as qualifiers, but this one's That's true. okay. Yep, it's it's okay. They, it's actually a an a advertisement on their website that this is a Boston qualifier. Right, just had to ask. Had to ask. Yeah, no, no. It's a it's a good question. What um, time will you need to run? So three hours five minutes, but they say to, you have to do it in less than three hours um, wow. because they only accept a certain number of people. Wow. So that. Three, a three-hour marathon is a 6.50 mile. Wow. That's going right. to be really hard. And in the spirit of that goal number three, BHAG, are, are you, do, you, do you have doubts that you can physically do this? Oh, totally. Okay. Uh, I'm nervous about that <laughs> one. because, And it's the most important to me. It's the hardest and the most important. Last time, the easiest one was the most important to me. What I really like about it is we just had this conversation about how your pie in the sky, goal number three, can easily fall by the wayside, mm-hmm. maybe because you don't have the passion as the year goes on or other things get in the way, but you're already locked in on your qualifying race. Yeah. And I, I think that greatly increases your chances here. Garrett hit the nail on the head there. It helps me so much to have the race already booked into the calendar. I highly recommend it for your goals. Those are mine. What are yours? Tell us. Comment on the discussion forum on our website, mtnmeister.com. You'll see the 2016 goals episode. Write them down. Make it happen. Next up, we have Rebecca Rush sharing her goals. So, yeah, I definitely have a goal of doing, you know, at least six or eight speaking engagements in um, 
in 2016. And uh, the way at the rate that that's going, that's, that's very achievable. It'll be probably a, a matter of me selecting which ones I want to do more and saying no to some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. What is so fun about those is it, it kind of, it's really fun to get other people excited about something, whether it's doing better at their workplace or, or, or setting a goal or going and doing a cycling event. It's, it's actually, I get as much energy from it as hopefully the audience does. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a motivational speak, speaking engagement for me too. I leave those Uh, like really amped up, which is kind of fun. Wow. Must be nice. You can just fire (laughs) yourself up wherever you go. Well, the other people are firing me up. It's not me firing them up. Goal number two, do you have another, maybe a a little bit, uh, a more difficult goal that you'd like to achieve in 2016? Yeah, I've thought about white rim in a day for quite a, a while. That might happen this year. Um, it kind of uh, the Cocapelli uh, record that I did a couple years ago kind of spawned this desire for me to do these, you know, self-support longer rides by myself. Um, and white rim in a day is is pretty, I think, pretty achievable. And it's it's close by. It's in Moab. How far? Um, how long is white rim? Oh gosh. I, I mean, I think in hours it's, you know, going to be seven or eight hours kind of a thing. I don't oh, let's know. Let's go. Exact it's mileage. mileage. Okay. You don't know exact mileage. I'd have to look it up. It's one of those things that, like I said, it's, it's pretty achievable. And so, you know, I haven't done a ton of research. It's more actually fitting in the time to go do it. And uh-huh. it's not to underestimate that, you know, riding, you know, a couple hundred miles in a day is, is, big, is not a big deal. Of course it is. Right. Um, but I think it's well within within my wheelhouse in my experiment, mm-hmm. you know, in my experience. According to the National Park Service, the 100-mile White Rim Road Loop loops around and below the island in the sky, Mesa. There you go. 100 miles. 100 Should be miles. easy, right? Trips usually take two to three days by a four-wheel drive vehicle <laughs> or three to four days by a mountain bike. <laughs> okay, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> seven seven hours ish. <laughs> I, I think maybe. Oh, Rebecca, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, so with that, let's go on to something a little more difficult. Uh, your B hag, big hairy audacious goal. You should get tingles running down your skin just telling us what this is. Yeah. So um, this next one, well, there's two that fall into the same. Okay. category story of BHAG. Um, so one is Italy, Dubai. There's a, a bikepacking event um, in Italy that goes from uh, Rome uh, to the north of Italy up near Lake Garda. And it's 800, 800 and something kilometers. Um, and it's self-support, nonstop bikepacking event. And so that means, you know, your own map and compass, your own food, your own logistics, you essentially start out, you know, and then travel through Italy uh, unsupported. And it's, it'll be, I've, I've done a little bit of bikepacking. You know, I did a 400-mile race this year in Idaho called uh, Smoke and Fire, and that took me 44 hours. And that was the longest, that was the longest nonstop ride I'd done. But it kind of was a teaser for me to think about races like Italy Divide and the Colorado Trail Race, which you might be familiar with. Um, That's also a very similar, that one goes from uh, Denver to Durango. Hmm. Um, And the... I haven't gone that long in a really, in a while, you know, 24 hour racing and level and those things and, and bike stage racing, that stuff's pretty short and you get to sleep and, you know, you get to take a rest. Um, whereas this other stuff, you're, you're really on your own and you're self-sufficient. And so that's the part I don't really know how it's going to go. Yeah. You're nervous. I am nervous. So there's a nervous and excited. And like you said, the best ones are the ones that make your hands sweat and you have Mm -hmm. to sit there with your gear all piled out at home. Like what bike do I take? What do do I carry this jacket or that jacket? And oh my gosh, because weight really matters and your planning really matters. And if you blow it and, you know, don't stop and get water at this stream or that stream, um, you can end up being in some really dire circumstances where you're lost and out of water and out of food and nobody's going to come help you. Yeah. Well, let's just make sure we say to the broader audience that um, you don't have to do an 800 mile trip. You know, this is, <laughs> if Rebecca can do a four a four day bike trip in seven hours, just divide whatever Rebecca's doing uh, by that factor, and then maybe that's what you should have for your reach goal. How's that sound? <laughs> 
Rebecca Rush. You can find out more about her at Rebecca Rush, R-U-S-C-H dot com. Buy her book, Join to Rush. We'll have the link to that on this episode's Meister profile page. Next up with his goals is Gavin McClurg. Uh, how about how about a second goal? Your first goal is to be more mindful. What's a 50-50 goal that's more of a reach? Yeah, um, this one's kind of funny because this one kind of splits between the BHAG goal and the mm-hmm. 50-50 goal because it's totally audacious, but I know I'm going to do it. And getting dropped off at one end uh, isn't so hard. It's just a matter of making it actually, you know, making oh, no. it. And that's um, I'm doing the I'm, I'm doing the Alaska Traverse. I think you and I discussed this a little bit before, but like I did with uh, Will Gad last year, we did this crossing of the Canadian Rockies by paraglider. Um, the Alaska Range has actually been on my radar for a lot longer. I've been looking at that line for six years now, I think. And right now it's looking like I'm going to be doing it solo, um, which will be a lot more interesting. Are you going solo by choice or is nobody crazy enough to go with you? Kind of both. I'm sure I could... probably you know if i keep worked working at it i'm sure i could find somebody that would do it but yeah it's kind of solo out of choice so if we go to the third big hairy audacious goal you get nervous just telling us about it broadcasting it podcasting it out to the world uh what would that be yeah, two things. Um, so that's the 2017 X Alps. Uh-huh. That's kind of the adventure physical side of things. But be- again, because I've already done it, um, it doesn't seem like that should be. But yeah, that one makes my hands sweat instantly just thinking about it. Um, but the other one actually is is kind of more fun to talk about, and that's uh, my first book. Um, I'm writing a book about this year's X Alps, and I tend to be a pretty confident person in everything but writing when. It comes to writing, I'm just I, I procrastinate. Um, I'm totally self-absorbed in how bad it could be. And when it's a book, when it's a magazine, or when it's like you know two thousand words, or maybe potentially three thousand words, you know you can bang it out pretty quick, and you can step away from it, and you can come back, and you kind of know if it's good, and if it's not good, you can just trash it and start over again. Mm-hmm. Whereas a book is just, I have no idea if this thing I've written is any good. That was Gavin McClurg. You can hear more from him about the Red Bull X-Alps and paragliding on his podcast, Cloud Base Mayhem. What do you want to accomplish in 2016? Tell us on the discussion forum on our website, mtnmeister.com. Make them public. Write them down. For a few more examples, we asked the Meisters and the Meister fans to submit their goals Our first comes from Roy Tuscany, Meister number 121 and founder of High Fives Foundation. Hello, this is Roy Tuscany from High Fives Foundation. And for the Mountain Meister goals, goal number one, for High Fives, we would like to create and host a variety of adaptive ski camps, a military return to the mountain for wounded veterans, and adaptive surf camps around the world. Goal number two for myself and the foundation is to establish an office and plans for a healing center in Vermont. And three, the big, hairy, audacious goal. I want to be on Ellen. That is the goal. To get on Ellen would spring us to a whole nother level. Those are our three goals. Hey there, Ben and fellow Meister fans. Uh, Adam Saban here reporting from Chicago, Illinois, and I am here to talk about goals. In the first category, I, I had something that sounds pretty elementary and easy to most people, but my goal was to read five books. Uh, I'm not much of a reader. I probably read less than five books in my entire life leading up until this year, but I am proud to say that I achieved this goal. I read my five books, so I am going to continue that goal and accept up the ante with ten books. Uh, for a Category 2 goal, I have signed up for the Deadwood Trail Marathon. Now, I'm not much of a runner, but I'm always open for accepting new challenges, and this is something that's completely different from what I've focused on in the last couple years, and my girlfriend is a huge runner, so we decided that we're going to run a marathon together. Uh, this will be a trail marathon, so I don't really have any expectations for time. I just would like to finish and have fun and spend some time, a lot of time, with my girlfriend out there on the trails. 
As for uh, Category 3, this is something that I'm still kind of contemplating, but has creeped into my mind recently uh, when a friend of mine brought up the topic. Uh, I am going to focus a little bit more on triathlons this year, with uh, my goal being to qualify for the USA Triathlon National Off-Road Team. Uh, And on top of all that, I will still be racing for World Bicycle Relief this year, and my goal is to fundraise one bicycle per race this year. I'm a strong supporter and an advocate of World Bicycle Relief. I think they're doing amazing things in countries that just need transportation on the simplest level. Hello, my name is Mai, and I'm living in the UK in London, though, as you figure by the accent, I'm actually from Germany. Picked up training today for my first ever marathon, so I'm aiming to run the Paris Marathon in on 3rd of April. Um, I hope the time will be somewhat decent, definitely below 4 hours, maybe even 3 hours 30. That would be great to achieve, and I'm really looking forward to that challenge. And uh, to a lot of Mountain Meister podcasts to carry me through the training. My second goal for 2016 um, is linked to that little hill in Chamonix called Mont Blanc. I've uh, tried it already three times, and each time I had to turn around due to really, really hefty weather. And whenever I'm there, uh, I seem to get the seven odd days of uh, miserable snowstorm and ice cold winds. So, with a 50 50 chance, hopefully, hopefully, 2016, I will get into that mountain and uh, make it to the top. It is not the highest mountain I've been on, but certainly the most resisting one. And the third goal, well, I really, really try hard to convince my girlfriend to actually join me on one or the other little advanced hill hike there. So um, with a bit of luck, I can convince her to actually spend her summer vacation in ice and snow and wearing crampons. What better summer vacation is there? This is Gary Griffin, and my first goal of the year is to summit Mount Rainier with uh, Big City Mountaineers in August to support and help more kids get into the outdoors as a charity fundraiser. My second goal is to run a 50-mile ultramarathon, and my big, hairy, audacious goal is to uh, start planning to summit a much larger peak in 2017. My first goal is to meditate or do yoga for 15 minutes every day. Uh, My second goal is to gain the confidence to lead 510 outside, which I can do inside, but the bolts are farther apart and it's scarier outside. And my third goal is sort of a strange one that I'm sure other people have done, but I'm mainly a scientist and I don't write very much. So I want to improve my writing by writing 15 minutes every day and then one day a week turning all that writing into some sort of short story because I feel like I have a lot of stories and a lot of experience that may connect with other people. My name's Jake. I'm located out of Chicago, Illinois. I'm a graphic designer out here. And the first thing I really want to do, which is actually something I wanted to do in 2015 but never got the chance to do it, is hike the JMT. I just need to get all my permits, my passes, and I should be good to go. Secondly, something that's kind of 50-50 for me is, uh, and my girlfriend and parents are going to hate this, but I really want to summit something. I've always said I've wanted to climb above the clouds. And maybe I'll be able to do that when hiking the JMT and you know I'll be able to summit Mount Whitney. And last, probably the hardest thing for me to do is just quit smoking. It sounds so simple. I don't even know why I do it. It's just something I've done for a while, and I'll, I'll get to the end of a pack, and I'll be like, okay, this is the last one. This is the last one. But then the next day rolls around, I get off work, and it's I end up going to the gas station and getting another one. That's going to be the number one challenge for me. Thanks to everyone who submitted your goals. If you haven't done it yet, go to our website, mtnmeister.com. Write it down. Make it happen. 
To finish today's episode, we wanted to give you some strategies to increase your goal achievement effectiveness. First step, get out of bed. You have like these commitments, right? To, to write your book in the morning or, or whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing really worse than having to get out of your really cozy, warm bed on a cold morning to get this stuff done. So how do you motivate yourself to get out of bed in the morning? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, in the winter, it's really hard, too, because it's dark. Right. Uh, yeah, I, f- I find that really tough. Um, so lately, uh, this sounds funny, considering it's one of my goals lately, meditation's been helping me get out of bed. Huh. I've been kind of excited about, oh, you know, I need to get up and meditate. And then the other thing that really motivates me is I have a fantastic coffee machine, and it's taken me like two and a half years to learn how to like properly foam milk. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's one of these things that has taken a lot of dedication and practice uh, to make a proper coffee but i love coffee but so in both that, of the, that helps gets me out of bed yeah so in both of those though you've paired something brutal getting out of bed with something <laughs> that you're excited about <laughs> isn't so, that funny right yeah, so i exactly. guess if somebody was really not looking forward to going to work in the morning if they could reward themselves with something nice in between work and getting out of bed that would be good yeah that would be good I definitely think people have their own natural rhythms and I'm definitely not a morning person. And so what you've touched on is, is one of my biggest challenges is, is to get out of bed in the morning, you know, get, you know, off your butt and, and go do something. And since I know that I have that kind of, um, sort of clock, internal clock. Um, I do a lot of my, my harder workouts in the afternoons and I actually, I try to fight it and be a morning person, but I'm just not. And so, um, either if I'm gonna, I really have to do a morning workout because of work or something else. Um, I usually try to get a friend, you know, to go with me. Mm -hmm. That's always a big motivator is, Oh, okay. We're going to meet at, you know, 6.30 6.30 and go to this yoga class or whatever it is. Um, so I get a friend or or I just, you know, I plan my harder workouts for the afternoon because I know that my energy level is better than. Um, that said, I, I never regret. I'm always so stoked when I get a morning workout in because it really is the best way to start the day. But yeah. kind of that internal battle between your own biological clock and what, you know, you want to do and what you actually can do is really hard. It's, it's turmoil. And, and I will tell people professional athletes struggle with that just as much as, as the regular Joes. Um, because it's, it's not natural. Our natural state is to want to be comfy, cozy and the comforter and warm. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so funny to hear, hear you say it. it's refreshing really to, to hear you say that you're, you know, you go with what, what your, your circadian rhythm or your biological clock yeah. or whatever, and you play to, to whatever feels right to you. I think you have to, if you're able to do that in your job and your life is like, Hey, I know I'm better in the morning or I know I'm better in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it's important. And that said, you can't always choose, but when you can, you know, do what you're best at. <laughs> yeah. My strategy, so I'm pretty early riser. My strategy is, and it's gotten harder as the weather has gotten colder, but I just get out of bed as fast as I possibly can. So the deci- uh-huh. so like the slower you make that decision, I think the harder it is. So I just like whip myself out of bed, and <laughs> sometimes I knock over a glass of water or fall over, but I'm awake by the time I'm out of there. It's so it's so true. I mean, my husband said this to me the other day because he's more of a morning person. He's like, all you have to do is put your feet on the floor, and so then now I'm like, okay, just put my feet on the floor, and then see what happens. Because then you're right. You're then you're out of that bargaining with yourself like oh five more minutes and there are things that you can do too to make that make that decision all the more set in stone you can set things out the night in advance you can already have your shoes by the door you can have your gym bag ready to go and uh taking it a step further you can already have uh two or three pals lined up who are going to meet you there and there's almost that beneficial peer pressure that takes place where you know, if those guys are waiting for you, you don't want to you don't want to lose face and bag it at the last second. Another strategy which helped me with my 2015 goals was something called a pre-decision. 
This eliminates a psychological bias, which is called the hot-cold empathy gap. Okay, what is this? The hot-cold empathy gap basically refers to how we can't fully appreciate how much of an impact emotion has on our decision-making. When we're in a hot state or in an emotional state, we may make a very different decision than what we thought we would make when we're in the cold state. So when we look at our 2016 goals, we say we can do something. We say we want to do something. We'll make the decision when the time comes. But when we actually get there, when we're in that hot state, the decision we make may be different than the one we predicted. By using this pre-decision, which is more of a mindset, you force yourself to make the decision while you're in a cold state. So like Garrett said there, if you commit to meeting friends, you're making that decision in a cold state, which will help you when you're in your warm bed in the morning and you have to get out of it. So the pre-decision helps me. It might help you. Who knows? You have to try it out. The most important thing is to figure out what works for you and do that. See, I'd, I need to create a physical poster uh-huh. and put it on the inside of our cupboard door. For, for me, it's, it's really useful to just stare at that progress every day or lack thereof. Right, right. I think it's important, too, is always to be flexible because we can put these things all down January 1st and be like, yeah, you know, and it, it's good to have direction and focus. But then, you know, life life throws us curveballs. And um, I also believe in not beating yourself up if you didn't get your workout in that day or you didn't do that other thing. It's like, you know, if that if that's the worst thing that happens is I didn't do the Colorado Trail Race next year, um, then that's okay. Life's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. And celebrate the small wins, right? Right. Yeah. Very important. Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I look forward to tracking what you're doing. We're going to have a uh, a discussion forum on this page where we're asking people to write down their goals. So if you want to check out what our listeners have, you can go there. Oh, cool. I will. This was Good fun. Stuff. Fun once again, Garrett. I wish you the best of luck, and I will absolutely check in with you periodically to see how you're doing. Yeah, Ben, it might have been October of this year before we really had a chance to catch up and mm-hmm. check on our progress. Let's uh, resolve right here and now to check in each quarter. A quarter. Okay? I was just going to say each quarter. I think that's a good um, time interval. And then it sounds like you're encouraging your listeners, too, to chime in with their goals, right? Yeah, and there's obviously no pressure on people either. You have some very impressive goals, Garrett, but we're not looking at things on a relative level. It's just, you know, what works for you. Exactly, exactly. And is there any plan to shame people who don't achieve their goals? No. Well, maybe we could. I I think maybe the shaming enough is, is the pressure that you put on yourself when you don't complete the goals <laughs> you know I'm, I'm worried more about myself right and if you're right. going to be shaming me right there's, <laughs> a, there's actually a, i read this in a uh it's called zen golf one of the books that i read this year about like your mindset in golf and a lot of people punish themselves for hitting a bad shot and the guy just says isn't the result of the shot punishment enough <laughs> isn't the result of failing two out of three goals punishment enough for us it is it is i know that's 33 percent. last time i checked is not a passing grade right right and neither is 66 percent for that matter no at least isn't that a d that might yeah depending on what academic program maybe a d plus right yeah well thank you so much garrett for joining again oh thanks i i I was really looking forward to this call it's great it's very cathartic and uh focusing for me good yeah me too all right i have them written down right in front of me all right ben let's do it write them down make it happen thanks to garrick robbins rebecca rush gavin mcclurg and everyone else who submitted your 2016 goals any resources we talked about today will be on the episode's meister profile page on our website If you have any trouble finding it, just search 2016 in the search bar. That should lead you to the right place. Some of the Meister fans that share their goals have YouTube channels or Flipboard pages where you can follow their progress. Those links will be there too. 
keep listening after this for some extra tips from Rebecca Rush about suffering and pain and free samples at Trader Joe's. If you'd like to increase your chances at winning gear in our biannual outdoor retailer gear giveaway episode, you can do that on our website. You can purchase a $3 package, a $5 package, or a $10 package, which will give you the exact date and time. Enjoy doing the rest of whatever else you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank, and you've been listening to Mountain Meister. So that's the thing. I don't even know if it's possible. And going back to what you said earlier, I want to make sure that I'm having fun doing this and I'm like listening to what I want to do and not just doing this to do it because yeah. I want to enjoy the ride. So, for example, there's no chance that I'm going to like have a special diet doing this because <laughs> because I like eating way too much. So I've just like completely crossed that off the list. Like I'm not going to spend six months of my life cutting out stuff that I like to eat just to qualify for the Boston Marathon and not enjoy the ride. You know, that's just yeah. not worth it for me. I have to enjoy the ride. You know, I was reading something um, that a friend of mine posted, uh, and basically it was about, it's not what do you want to achieve. It's like, what will you sacrifice the most for? What mm-hmm. will you suffer the most for? If you're willing to really suffer and re- like, you know, achieving these goals is painful. Like you said, you're, you're making commitments, you are sacrificing things and whether it's an athletic goal or or whatever, you're making sacrifices and it hurts and (laughs) it's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And the, the point of this article was, what are you actually willing to suffer for? Right. Exactly. And if you're not willing to suffer, then it's not the right it's not the right goal or it's not your thing. Right. It's like picking the kind of suffering that you want to do. Right. Good. And then I think you tackle the little bit of suffering and then eventually other things. Then you're like, oh, I can do that too. Or right. I can do that too. Or I can do, you start small. Like, oh, I'm just going to give up dessert. Oh, okay. I'm just going to give up this or I'm just going to give up that. Well, dessert was a terrible example for me because there's no way okay. I'm giving up this. <laughs> I had this, this like, you know, how Trader Joe's gives out samples. Do you, do you go to Trader oh. Joe's by any chance? Well, I don't have one in Ketchum, Idaho, oh. but I do whenever I can. There was this uh, this toffee cake that they were giving out as a sample. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Like, I don't, Just it, stay in there and over-serve the samples? Well, yeah, well, that's why I make loops around the store. So I'm, it's normally on my way back to my apartment, so I'll just like walk through the store, grab a sample, and then walk out the other side. <laughs> but, but they know it's you. No, no, there's a different person at the samples every time. They and oh. they're giving out so many that they don't know. But yeah, this toffee cake, I didn't even buy it. I I, I don't know why. Probably some sort of uh, internal <laughs> self-control. So it didn't work. You never bought that's it. That's true. Well, th- that's a great point, but it it gets me to go into Trader Joe's. So it gets me in the door. <laughs> <laughs>